Good morning. It is Monday, September 13th, 2021, and this is DC Signaled to Noise. Okay, since we last checked in, the corn and soybean markets were handed bigger crop estimates, and December corn has done what it can to kind of cling to that 525 level. The start of harvest across the corn belt, that's going to make it difficult to do by the end of this week. Headlines that were dominated by Afghanistan have been replaced by reaction to President Biden's decision to mandate vaccinations for most of the country's employees. Max Scherzer, Wiesmeyer, Max Scherzer joined the exclusive 3000 Strikeout Club as a member of the L.A. Dodgers. That stinks. Cyclones got beat by the Hawks. That stinks. <laughs> and I am Agritalk host Chip Flory. That is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, welcome to another Signal to Noise. And Scherzer is still a national in our hearts. He's just an ace wherever he goes. He proved it again. He proved it again, absolutely. And such he was pretty doggone classy standing out there on the mound, tipped his hat to the crowd out there and to the other dugouts. He yep, I you know, do not pass go, go directly to the Hall of Fame when he's done. Yeah. He and Freddie Freeman are the class acts of, of you know, baseball, at least yeah. in the National League that I can see. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool stuff. Well, there's some others. Yeah, yeah. but but they're the top. Okay. They don't get All much right. better than that. All right. Let's talk a little bit about those bigger crop estimates that uh, USDA delivered last week. 176.3 for a national average corn yield. 15 billion bushels, 6 million bushels, short of 15 billion bushels on the corn crop estimate. 50.6 bushels per acre for a national average soybean yield, 4.374 billion uh, for the crop estimate. It seemed to be right in line with, with what the trade was thinking, Jim. Yeah, I think they nailed it. And I think the pro farmer, uh, you know, tour really gave the signals ahead, didn't it? Yeah. It? Yeah. 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 The crop estimate that pro farmer delivered after tour I think did a really nice job of assessing what was happening out there. Now, I think there's still a few tweaks that need to happen to that national number. I think they hurt North Dakota too much to begin with and didn't haven't reacted uh, to some of the, the better yields up in North Dakota. And I know it's not good up there, but it's, they just hurt it too bad. Uh, we've still got to see some improvement in yields across the Southeast. I think there's some improvements coming there. So I think it continues to inch up and eventually gets real close to USDA's uh, USDA will get close to pro farmers estimates uh, for national average yield estimates, 177 and, and 51.2. So it, it's moving in the right direction. And I think they've got the trend right here. And, and they, the acreage changes yep. uh, were, in, I guess, in line with the FSA data, you know, to a degree. I know you talked to, uh, you know, you, you know NASA's uh, uh, Honig uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, what did he say relative to why they went early? Because they had enough of the FSA certified acreage data in. Now, I asked him the question, is it because you've got, more than normal for September, or do you have greater confidence in the analysis that you do on the September data? I think it was a combination of both, Jim, is really why they have decided that we can tell enough from the September data to go ahead and, and work that into the September crop production estimate. Is this going to be a normal thing, or will they do it on a year-by-year -year basis? I We have asked him that, and it is something that they will address 
on an annual basis, but there's no guarantee that they will make adjustments on an annual basis in September. But you know, traders are going to speculate to that. Oh, effect. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Every year now. Yeah. And do we know anything more about how the September uh, certified acreage data was released early? Uh, no, uh, because you the, the year before, I know there were some reasons that you had the COVID impacts the few years before. And maybe, yeah. you know, did the FSA typist get faster? You know, things like that. Uh, but, you know, we'll get involved in that. I'll make some calls over the next uh, you know few days on that from an FSA perspective. OK. All right. I did want to bring up sorghum because that was a little uh, a nuance, a topic that I've had in my column policy updates where a few analysts told me you're going to see a big increase. Now, they were too too high, but we had an 800,000 acre increase and in planted and 700,000 acre increased and in harvested. And that yep. tells you the signal that sorghum is a competitive crop out there. So I know the corn oh, and soybean centric crowd is out there for good reasons a lot more acres but milo as i call the crop is is you know coming on as an alternative crop in some states oh yeah um and <laughs> honestly i can't believe that there wasn't even more planted and the reason that i say that is that western market that feedlot market was completely upside down sorghum was trading at a premium to corn yes. that was trading at a premium to wheat and that is not <laughs> how that structure should be. And I, honestly, a little surprised that we didn't see more commitment to growing more sorghum because you could have locked in some really good good uh, uh, profits. Now, the significance sorghum. there from a policy thing is checkoff funds, uh, Jeff. I always yeah. look at acres on, on checkoff funds. And uh, I know the, uh, the good people in the sorghum industry, they will use that money wisely, research, yeah. you know, whatever. You bet. You bet. Absolutely. Okay. Jim, why does President Biden think that he can mandate vaccinations? Uh, I've heard some from pretty good analysts in this town who told me uh, it's half that he's tired of uh, uh, cajoling the unvaccinated, but there's also politics involved here. Uh, Chip, he, wa he wants to defer the attention away from Afghanistan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you hate to say that, but that's uh, clearly some indications there that he, he's bringing up controversial things that they, they know, know will rile up uh, Republican states, Republican governors, uh, et cetera. And in today's Pro Farmers uh, report today, uh, I go through, does he have authority on that? The bottom line, it's murky, but most of the people tell me in the end result, he probably does have, uh, but it'll be challenged in the courts. I'll tell you oh. that. Oh, the, the states are lining up to challenge yes. it, aren't yes. they? Yeah, it'll eventually go to the Supreme Court on that one, so as so many other things. But yeah, you'll get some, maybe some mini stoppages by certain, uh, you know, courts, but uh, it, it, it should at least be challenged because, you know, what hurts Biden is, and his people, is that, what, just a month or so ago, they said that there would not be mandates, and here they do mandate. So th this feeds into the uh, the uh, the feelings of of many Americans by saying, "How do you trust them when they say one yeah. thing, 
and with respect one day and then totally 180 degrees opposite. I, if right. this feeds into the, uh, yeah, 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 to, to that, uh, you know, crowd and, and I don't blame them. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, look at Fauci's flip-flops. I mean, they're yeah. all over the place and I'm not attacking Fauci, but he is not a man of consistency. I'll tell you that. No, that's right. That's right. This is going to be an interesting one to, to watch develop. And at a time when employers are having a difficult time attracting employees in, I think this only makes it more difficult. It does because, you know, a growing uh, sense is that a number of older Americans, they're deciding to just retire. They've had enough of it. They just yeah. had enough of it. And again, I'll bring up Do you know, Dr. Fauci. Over the weekend, he was asked point blank, do people who've, who've had COVID have to uh, be vaccinated or have the booster? He really didn't. He won't, wouldn't answer. Right. So, you know, it's so why not answer that? You know, yeah. that gets back into the natural I immunity. And I, I don't think they know. I, well, then he should. Americans don't mind if you don't know. Just say right. it. But don't don't you're the you're the lead expert on this one. So I, yeah. I just think it's lacking and he's losing credibility. I don't care what anybody says. He is. That's right. That's right. Okay, we'll talk more about someone that's losing credibility at the end of the, the conversation this morning, Jim. Uh, Council of Economic Advisors really made some headlines early last week when they posted that blog on concentration in the meat industry. And it, it points fingers directly at the meat packers in the beef industry. Yeah. You know, look at the headline. It says, Chip addressing concentration in the meat processing industry to lower food prices for American families. Now, there are several aspects to that headline. It says a lot. One is they're, 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 they've been hit with inflation, uh, you know, worries. Yep. And they said, I think they indicated in this report, uh, half or over half of the reason for the food price rise is the, is the meat sector. And they're they're using this as an opportunity to point fingers at the meat processing industry. So they're going to come after this. Just trust me. They're going to come after the meat industry in an antitrust perspective and other aspects. They're laying the groundwork for this. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have Secretary Vilsack on the show this afternoon, this afternoon, um, going to open the show with him, as a matter of fact. And we're going to get to that topic as quickly as we can to try to figure out exactly where the thing is going. Yes. So, well, yeah. ask him on the uh, on that. Plus, uh, 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 how long was that in the works? This report, you know, that'd be right. curious. On that. yeah, I am too. I am too. And okay. if you got time, ask him for his controversial op-ed in the Wall Street Journal on the. Oh, impact. that's the number. Yeah, uh, obviously. obviously. <laughs> We got some very nice comments about um, the conversation that we had with, uh, oh, name is escaping me right now. Farm Bureau. With, yeah, from Farm Bureau. The conversation that we had with uh, the policy expert there at Farm Bureau. Uh, it, it, we got some very good comments on that because we did point out that there will be an impact on small businesses and farmers if we see the tax plan initially implemented the way that it's it's uh being suggested right now jim and i don't think there's any question 
about yeah. that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I worked uh, all weekend, actually, on the budget reconciliation. And it's interesting because I, you know, a lot of congressional staffers and analysts get our report. And boy, did they call me on my initial draft by saying uh, uh, the uh, big changes to capital gain taxes that the ag sector has fought was not in the reconciliation package. That doesn't mean no no, no changes. And, right. uh, and so I, I changed the concept, to, you know, because increases in the estate tax exemptionship are scheduled to expire after 2025, but now the language would say they'll now end December 31 this year. And the language would uh, is proposing cutting in half the estate and gift tax exemptions for married filers on December 31 this year, four years earlier. That definitely will have an impact. So uh, I'm letting the analysts do the number crunching. And I know a number of them promised me by the end of the day, I should have some figures, but you know, watch Farm Bureau come out with a report on this. Plus the yeah. Texas A&M I know is working on a report. Okay. And as long as we're talking about taxes, let's go to Feenstra's uh, amendment. I believe at the house ag committee level. Yes. Is, is where it came in. Uh, he wants assurance that the reconciliation related tax changes will not affect individuals with incomes below $400,000. Well, he initially that was the case. And then the, the, uh, the Democrats were going to lose the vote that they wanted to table that chip. Yeah. So they put a pause. I mean, this is why this, this initial uh, meeting Friday lasted nine hours, yes. nine hours, they had to convince him to change his vote and then find another a number of other votes. So they tabled it. But that was a clear indication of a number of Aggies. Both political parties are very concerned of some of the language. Yep. Plus, I've had good sources tell me that the House Ag uh, leadership on the Democratic side appear to be hiding some things. They did not put any language in relative to $28 billion in additional spending for conservation. Why? They're, they're saying the Congressional Budget Office still has to score it. Frankly, I don't believe that. I've been through too many farm bills yeah. and scoring. Plus, there's a $5 billion more that no one is accounting for, and that may be uh, Senator, uh, you know, Gillibrand's uh, uh, a language on uh, debt relief uh, to certain eligible farmers. Uh, I'm suspecting that as well. So we have some big question marks of what this final ag-related package uh, uh, is, Jeff. We certainly do. And I don't know when we're going to get the answers to these questions, Jim. Well, if you have, they're not going to make it. But this Wednesday, the 15th, was uh, the mm. soft deadline that the Democratic leadership gave to all the committees to finish their work on reconciliation with a uh, uh, with a vote deadline by September 27th. Remember, that's important because Pelosi promised uh, her centrist that they she would have a vote on the traditional 
infrastructure bill. That's the $1 trillion bill. This is anyone who thinks they're going to meet these timelines have not observed this town very often. Then over the weekend, you had the huge difference between Senator Manchin saying $1 trillion to $1.5 trillion of social infrastructure bill, yep. way below the $3.5 trillion, and Bernie Sanders saying uh, nothing below three and a half trillion. How do you settle that multi-trillion dollar difference? It's nothing tough. below three and a half trillion, or the one point two trillion physical infrastructure bill is going nowhere. Is yes, Bernie because said. they're linked. Now you're going to see the linkage. Yeah, and so I I can't rule out at this. I'm not going to predict right now because it's too it's too liquid right now. But uh, yeah, uh, can you imagine the the uh, political implications of the do-nothing Democrats if they can't get either of these bills through? Oh, no. wow. Wow. No, I, I, I can't. Uh, it's a good time to uh, put a reminder out there that if you've got any questions or comments that you want to uh, throw into the conversation, look over on the right side of your screen. There's a comments tab there. Go ahead and click on that and we'll get uh, get your thoughts and questions into the conversation here. Okay, let's talk more about what we saw delivered over the weekend in that $3.5 trillion reconciliation package, some of the details. We've talked about the uh, capital gains rate increase from 25 to 20%. Uh, top corporate tax rate rises to 26.5 from 21%. Way below what Biden wanted, but still above the 21% current. Right, right. Uh, yes. Increases the carried interest rate holding period to five years from three years. Cut some estate tax discounts, no major effect on family farms and businesses. Lowering the estate tax uh, exemption level will have an impact, as you've just explained. Yes. Uh, the $400,000 cuts tax rate for businesses with income of less than $400,000 to 18%. Uh, crypto subject to wash sale and uh, disguise sales rules. I'm not. Well, that's a pay for it. Let's just say they're going to tax the transactions, Cryptos. Jeff, and that's going to bring them. I think I'm just going memory here now, $16 billion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a pay for It's a pay for It's a pay for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, estimated revenue from corporate tax changes likely to total $900 billion. Yes. It, it, that's, that's shocking. Yes, and if That's this were to go, if, if this were to go through, it will have an impact on the equity markets. There's just no doubt no in my mind. Yeah, yeah yep. if they want a reason for a, at least a ten percent correction in the equities market, this would be it, Chip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And finally, estimated revenue boost from the high-income individuals, roughly one trillion dollars. Yeah. There's your, uh, so, and that well, gets you're going your to have to cut out a weekend barbecue or something. <laughs> That's go. It's going to get into investment funding and things like that. I mean, you just, we don't learn from the past on these taxes. You know, uh, I know you need some taxes to run the government, but 
not like this, but we're going to see if this thing goes through, you will see an implication in the marketplace. Because now some some traders think that, oh, well, th this thing is not going to go through at all because they see the, the multi-trillion dollar difference between Sanders and Manchin and others. Yeah. And But if this were to go through, I cannot imagine politically that the Democrats, uh, Pelosi especially, wants to have a zero at the end of the day. I, I'm just, I, I will be dumbfounded if that happens. But uh, yeah. uh, if it doesn't, uh, you, you'll have market implications either way. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. What, what impact does all of this have on the debt limit conversation, Jim? Well, they shied away, the Democrats by they, they shied away from putting any language in on the debt limit. Uh, so, um, they're going to put it next week, the house returns and we're nearing the end of the current fiscal year and the beginning, the fiscal, the next fiscal year starts October one and the debt limit is going to be included. Looks like very likely in the continuing resolution because they're not going to have the funding done for the 12 bills uh, by the end of this month, Chip. So they're going to put some language in relative to the debt limit. They'll probably, uh, rather than increase it, uh, just uh, do, you know, do what they've done in the past. You know, some years, like uh, uh, just uh, it'll it'll be disregarded. You know, for a certain time frame. Uh, but the because the, the Republicans are saying they're not going to vote for this because of all this uh, trillions, multi-trillion mm -hmm. dollars in spending. And, and uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer asked for a Congressional Research Service report. I linked to it on profarmer.com of all. Uh, and it shows all the debt that was accumulated during the Trump administration. So you see the politics here. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats, I think, legitimately say this debt limit increase is to help pay for the debt during the Trump administration. And in a way, they are correct on that one, Chip. But mm -hmm. uh, this is all politics all the time, even on the debt limit. But look at the calendar here. You don't, well, they're flirting with this thing. But uh, uh, I think very high odds it will be dealt with in the continuing you know, resolution. Now there's some other angles here. Will they have the votes for the, the CR? Yeah. Yeah. The Democrats from my sources are going to put multi billion dollars into that bill for WIP plus for 2020 and 2021. Okay. And you know, a number of Republican lawmakers will want to vote for that. So yep. there is some intrigue going on here, even on the continuing resolution. It's also called a stopgap. Uh, uh, spending bill. So politics at hand. Right. Right. Okay. Some other items that are happening this week, and we'll go straight to today. Senate returns to Washington for the first time in a month, and they are going to start a, what I would assume is going to be a series of hearings over what has happened in Afghanistan with Secretary of State Blinken, correct? Oh, yes. Today in the House and tomorrow in the Senate. And you're going to have some pointed uh, questions because, you know, when this uh, disaster of a pullout occurred, uh, the, the the White House kept saying and, and Democratic lawmakers, there'll be a time to to discuss this. Well, the time is now.
And that's a beginning now. It's not going to end anytime soon. And you watch the number of, you know, questions being raised, not by the Democrats, but by the Republicans over the next two days. They'll be serious. Yeah. Yeah, they they absolutely will be serious. Um, the Wall Street Journal has reported that the White House is taking aim at China's use of industrial subsidies. I thought we had a conversation between uh, the between Biden and and Xi Jinping last week that went okay. <laughs> you wonder on the readouts, you know what I mean? Uh, they're, 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 they, when you look so far up at the Biden administration in China, they've been fairly aggressive uh, on in China, as Trump was, by the way, but they're even more aggressive. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal is reporting they're considering launching an investigation under Section 301. You've heard that one of U.S. trade law, which could lead to new tariffs. And so there'll be counter counteractions on that one uh, if if that were to occur but this time uh, unlike trump the white house wants to bring in the european union japan and other allies in asia and rally you know within the uh, you know wto to take on chinese subsidies and their subsidies definitely are there but it comes oh. with the risk you know chip oh uh, yeah absolutely you know uh, i do want to point out since we're on trade where is that? Uh, you might want to ask Vilsack, uh, the, the ag person at USDR. But yeah. in the case of Vilsack, where's the second important ag trade? The undersecretary for, for trade at USDA. Uh, right. He should know about that one. Now, a little history here. Uh, uh, during his first eight years as ag secretary under the Obama administration, uh, you know, he really didn't cotton to the ag you know, position within USDA. And I don't know whether he ever announced one. So this is really? interesting. No. And this is an interesting carryover. So I, I know you only have limited time with him, but I, I, you know, you and others have asked me, where are we at on this? Yeah. You know, we don't have any movement on, on resurrecting the fast track, you know, TPA trade promotion authority. They have not emphasized trade policy whatsoever. So where are we going here on trade policy? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, looks like one of the directions that we're going is a meeting with Taiwan. Yes. And you got to be careful how you yeah. uh, say Taiwan. You better not call it a country. <laughs> yeah. China will be on your doorstep. I just put officials from the two sides are going to hold their first working level meetings uh, this week under the trade and investment framework agreement, Chip. And that's whenever you meet, I, I don't care what anybody says, it's good. And the agenda includes processed pork products, pineapples, and orchids. That's what we were told on what they're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, and that's based on Taipei-based economic daily news, which is pretty good on, you know, you know, Taiwanese news. Well, and that further complicates the situation with looking at China's subsidy levels. It's tit for tat. You yeah. know, they've been tweaking us left and right. So, but you just don't want to go too far too fast on some of these things. That's that's where the geopolitics gets dangerous. And this is another ramification of the weakness that uh, uh, more than a few countries see with our Afghanistan evacuation, Chip. This is what leads into testing. I don't have to tell you, Russia, Iran, North yeah. Korea, et cetera, will test, test, and test us. Yep. 
Okay, question in from Tanner, Jim. Have the guidelines for the grants and loans for small and medium-sized processors been published, the $500 million aid program? What's the progress on that program? No, they I have not. Any... No, they have not. Yeah. And let's hope, again, I'm giving you the list on Vilsack, but uh, a number of people said in prior USDA efforts to expand processing capacity, the red tape was unbelievably yep. harsh. So let's hope that they accelerate that. But you need the regs to see that. But, uh, you know, that's where we're at. They're, they're also bo bogged down, uh, although they're over at the office management and budget, you'll recall the $700 million uh, for the biofuel sector. That's over at OMB. So that could be announced any in any day, Jeff. Okay. A uh, couple more items here before we get to the end. Uh, let's talk about the Biden approval ratings, uh, disapproval ratings, Jim, because it, it's getting into territory that could clearly have an impact on next year's elections. Yes. Well, if a, if a mindset becomes entrenched out there, like it was in the Carter administration, it's very hard, if impossible, to come back, Chip. And that's why, you know, Biden is starting to comment on some of these. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, he'll, he'll say, uh, I know when I look at the poll data, uh, my numbers are down, but you'll see my package is overwhelmingly popular, meaning the uh, social uh, infrastructure. So again, they're they they're switching to domestic, you know, politics on this one, and and for for a multitude of reasons. Some of that is is uh, is favorable in polls of of that three and a half trillion dollars. I mean, you're going to have to please some people with spending that much money. You know, right. I even know from my case, in the case of Medicare, they're going to pay for glasses, hearing aids, and and et cetera. And I have both of those. You know, so <laughs> uh, so, but it tells you the sensitivity here. And if if we were to have a terrorist attack here, God forbid. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! You know that that would just be horrible. And but now you have to at least up the odds that it could happen because we don't have a base in Afghanistan right. in, for intelligence, and that's where most of the uh, the experts I've listened to ever since that said it, it's 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 going to hurt uh, because right. we you got to have intelligence on the ground to stop yeah. to stop. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We do. There's no question about that. Um, Jim, there's one other trade issue that we should discuss very briefly, and that is the trade embargo on Cuba is lifted tomorrow. It's lifted tomorrow. That's a kind of a teaser headline, but it'll very likely be renewed. Uh, but we'll see. You know, remember Obama really wanted to to unleash that. So I, I can't totally rule it out as surprise, but it's something that we should pay attention to tomorrow, Chip. Yes, no question about it. Okay, Jim, last chance here. Anything else that you feel like we need to discuss quickly this morning? Well, we need to see the full, the official language of the House Budget Reconciliation Bill, because that's going to be important. And the total reconciliation bill relative to the ways and means, because that gets into the tax area. We have to see 
uh, the official language relative to the estate tax uh, is uh, 1031 language not in there, you know, things like that. So I always wait for official language, but but they did put out a four pager and that's where the basis was for all the weekend, you know, reporting on this. We need evidence gotcha. now, Chip. Gotcha. Very good. Very good. Jim, last week we kicked off the uh, Farm Journal College Roadshow at Iowa State University down in Ames, had a conversation with Dermot Hayes, who has done some excellent work on the impact of the slowdown in the line speeds. He's done some evaluation of Proposition 12 and the potential impacts on pork prices across the country and inside of California. He mentioned, he mentioned that when we were talking about Prop 12, he mentioned that there was a study done by the uh, University of California at Davis that suggested the impact of Prop 12 was going to be much less, much less than he anticipated, than many have anticipated. And uh, so we're going to have the authors of that study on the morning show uh, this morning. And hmm. we are going to try to figure out exactly what they're looking at why they don't anticipate much, uh, yeah, much a, issue. a point and counterpoint. Why, yes. why are they saying what they're saying? That's right. That's right. So, yeah. uh, it, it will be interesting and I hope they don't just say, well, it's because uh, this, uh, the, the prop 12 animal welfare issues are for the sows only and not for the market hogs, because where do the market hogs come from? You know, we can't well, forget that. Well, yeah. And you have to ask the question, how many, uh, processors are geared up for this. Well, the last it, yeah. time I checked, there weren't many. Well, exactly. And you have to preserve the identity of that pork that is processed from those farms that meet the Prop 12 standards. If we're not identity preserving that pork and directing it, 15% of the production, directing it to California, well, then, then, then the whole effort is ineffective but davis so, is a good school so oh, I, I yeah i would want to look at that yeah yeah absolutely I, i'm very much looking forward to the conversation that's at 10 06 this morning and again we will have secretary vilsack right at the start of the show this afternoon at 206 central and after that brian grady from pro farmer will be on to discuss the pro farmer crop estimates and uh, where we see USDA going from here with, with their crop estimates. I, All right. I suggest a lightning round with Vilsack. Yeah, we're going to have to. And you and I you and I will still have at least one more conversation about what's going to be in that lightning round before we get him on. Sure. Thanks, okay. Jim Wiesmeyer. Okay. Appreciate you, buddy. We'll you. Today, have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.